Welcome to the FarmD Money Podcast, where certified financial planner Derek Delaney brings financial education and observation to help pharmacists navigate their most important financial questions. Nation, welcome into episode number seven of the FarmD Money Podcast. I am your host, Derek Delaney. Thank you all for joining me today. You know, most of the time, especially the further back you go into the past, one of the first type of interactions usually a young pharmacist may have with a quote-unquote financial advisor will most often likely be about some sort of insurance. Usually it's disability insurance or life insurance. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the life insurance component because as a financial product, it is a very useful tool. It can accomplish a lot of things for a lot of specifically young families, but many times the sale of life insurance can blur the lines between a financial product and a forced upon you, can't live without, you're going to regret not buying this type of sales event. And usually the latter happens when a sales commission is on the line. And that can make it tough to determine whether you're making the right decision on or based off of relevant information. So in this episode, we're going to walk through the basics of the two types of life insurance. And we're going to break it down into two, even though there are many different kinds than just two. And we're going to talk about the benefits you should be aware of, common overpromised features of life insurance that blur those lines when it comes to making a life insurance decision and how to identify if your current life insurance is appropriate or not for your specific situation. Full disclosure before we jump in, I am not a life insurance salesman. I do not offer life insurance or profit off of the sale of life insurance in any way, but I do advise on it because like I mentioned before, it is a very important part of any pharmacist's financial plan. So with that, let's jump in. First off, I wanna make sure that we are all on the same page. The number one reason why life insurance was created And what should be the most often reason why it's purchased is because it is a financial product that will decrease the negative financial impact someone else would experience if you die. That's number one. Anytime you think about life insurance, anytime you debate whether it's appropriate or not to buy, get more or get rid of in your specific situation, that should be the first thing you think about. Is there somebody in your life, whether it's a family member or not, that is counting on your ability to earn an income? And if for some reason you were to pass away unexpectedly and that ability to earn an income goes away, would they be negatively impacted financially because of that? So that's number one. That's the first place I want your mind to go when you think about life insurance. Everything else should be after that thought. Now you have identified that you do have a life insurance need. It's something that's appropriate for you or your family. This is when life insurance gets pretty tricky as far as trying to figure out which direction to go because there are so many life insurance options out there. I know this seems like common sense and for a lot of you, you're gonna know this, but I wanna run through it to make sure everybody's on the same page. The bigger the death benefit on life insurance and that death benefit is the amount of money your beneficiaries will receive if you die, the bigger that death benefit amount on a life insurance policy, the more it's going to cost. So a $500,000 death benefit policy is gonna be less expensive than a $1 million life insurance policy, which would be less expensive compared to a $2 million life insurance policy, and so on and so forth. 
So it's important to correctly identify what amount of life insurance is appropriate for your specific financial situation. And the thing is, everybody is different. If you're looking for a rule of thumb or a magic number or just off the back of napkin type of math that's going to get you to the appropriate life insurance number, I think you're doing yourself a disservice because like I mentioned before, the more expensive life insurance you purchase, the bigger those premium dollars or the bigger death benefit you purchase, the the more expensive that policy is going to be. And the more it's going to decrease the opportunity costs of using those dollars somewhere else in your financial plan. So coming up with the appropriate number is not only important to make sure you don't buy too much, but it's also also appropriate to make sure you don't buy too little of life insurance because the last thing you want is to think you have the appropriate amount of protection in place for you and your loved ones and then all of a sudden something happens to you and that life insurance money is not nearly big enough to make up for the fact that you potentially could be gone for the rest of their life. So take the time, do your due diligence, and figure out what the appropriate amount of life insurance is for you. If you need a starting point, there is a rule of thumb calculation used in the financial services industry, and that is the 10 times rule. Basically, you take your annual income and you multiply it by 10. So for example, if you're a pharmacist that makes $135,000 a year, and you want to use the 10 times rule, that would say you would need at least $1.35 million of death benefit coverage. Again, it's a rule of thumb. When you're trying to figure out what's specifically right for your situation, you should be a little more detailed than that. But if you're looking for a starting point, that's a good place to start. Okay, so now you've identified that you have a life insurance need. You've sat down and you've worked with a professional to figure out what amount of death benefit is appropriate given your specific situation. Now you have to jump into making a decision on what kind of life insurance you need to purchase. I mentioned earlier in the show that we're going to break down life insurance into two products. And those two distinct categories or products of life insurance, we're going to call term insurance and permanent insurance. Term insurance is pretty specific in and of itself. Permanent insurance kind of creates a broad umbrella of the different type of permanent life insurance products one could purchase. Instead of diving into all those products on one show, we're just going to group them all together in, in one for now and call it permanent insurance. We have term insurance, permanent insurance. Term insurance is the most common form of life insurance purchased in America. Like its name indicates, you have it for a specific term or length of time. Usually, and I say usually because this is not always the case, but usually premiums don't change through the life of the insurance contract. So if you decide that you're X years old and you want life insurance for the next 30 years of your life, because that's the coverage period you want to make sure your family or some other one, somebody else is protected through, you buy a 30-year term policy. On day one of that policy, that premium is X dollars. On the last day of the policy, your premium most likely will be that same X dollar amount through the life of the term. Once the term runs out, say in our example, after 30 years, the policy is done. It's over. You don't get a refund if you didn't die and collect any death benefit. You don't get any sort of cash value or um, investment benefit off of the policy when it's done. Term insurance is meant to cover you for a specific period of time. And when that period of time is over, the policy ends. You don't get any money back, but you did receive the value of being covered over that term. 
which if you were buying term life insurance should have been the exact reason why you purchased it. So it fulfilled its duty in the, of the contract. You fulfilled your duty. The term runs out. You wash your hands of each other and you move on. So if term insurance is having life insurance for a specific length or set term in your life. The flip side of that coin would be permanent life insurance. And as the name applies or implies, permanent insurance is usually life insurance people anticipate keeping forever. From the day they purchase it until the day they die, they want to make sure that regardless of how old they get, for a number of different reasons, that life insurance policy is going to be there for somebody to be able to use that death benefit after they die. So permanent life insurance is also an area where it can get very, very easy to get caught up in all the features and benefits it could potentially provide. And I think this is exactly why when people purchase life insurance or when they think about purchasing life insurance, they always do it with a heavy amount of skepticism because those features and benefits are sometimes oversold and they're sometimes sold incorrectly. Or maybe they're sold in a way that isn't completely transparent to the person who is buying the life insurance. And that's not uncommon. Again, I don't think that's always the initiative of the insurance salesman, but I think it's a byproduct of trying to sell these permanent life insurance policies because they can be really hard to understand under the context of conflict of interest between the insurance agent, you, and the insurance company. And I think that is the, the main point I want people to take away from permanent life insurance is I think it gets a bad rap, but the reason I think it gets a bad rap is because it gets oversold in situations where it probably isn't ideal for the person purchasing the insurance. And I think that happens more often than not because of the conflict of interest insurance agents have with you and the insurance company. And that conflict of interest usually stems from the insurance agent making a bigger commission or making more money or hitting some sort of sales target set by the insurance company by selling a permanent life insurance policy because they make more money selling that compared to a term policy. And that is why I think it's extremely important to be able to differentiate the two and figure out what's best for you because you can't always count on the insurance agent doing what's in your best interest because they have that conflict of interest surrounding their sales process when it comes to this type of product. So how is permanent life insurance different? Well, for one, it is more expensive usually than term insurance. So if you have a million dollar permanent policy and a million dollar term policy, most likely that permanent policy, regardless of which one it is, is going to be far more expensive in premium dollars paid by the insurance purchaser, which is you. One of the benefits of permanent life insurance that term doesn't give somebody is it accumulates cash value. Now I think this cash value inside of a permanent life insurance policy can be somewhat misleading. This is an area where I see people sometimes are led to believe, intentionally or not, that the amount of cash value inside your account that you have accrued is all tax-free. So before we jump into that, I want people to know that when you buy a permanent life insurance policy and you pay premiums, those premiums usually go to three spots. The first spot is the actual cost of insurance the insurance company is taking on by providing you with this life insurance. The second spot are the fees and expenses of the actual policy itself. The third place your premium dollars go are into your cash value account and then those monies grow tax-free while they're in that cash value account. 
So it's a lot of your own money that is used to fund initially the cash value inside your permanent life insurance policy. So that's important because when it comes time to withdrawing that money out of your cash value, which is one of the big features that is sold when it comes to agents pushing permanent life insurance is your ability to use all this cash value tax-free if you don't anticipate needing to use the death benefit later on in life, but instead you want to use the cash value for retirement, we'll say. But when it comes time to withdrawing that money, the first amount of money you withdraw out of a life insurance or out of a permanent life insurance policy is your own money. It's your basis. It's the money that you put in yourself. So essentially, you're just paying yourself back first, and that's the tax-free money because the IRS is not going to charge you tax on your own money that you're taking out first. After you finish taking out all of your own premium dollars out of your cash value, you then start taking out interesting gains, which are the growth inside the cash value, usually at some sort of fixed rate that has accumulated over time. That is taxable as taxable income. The other way you can do withdrawal is by taking out a loan on that cash value, That loan is tax-free, but just remember if the policy terminates or the policy ends, the basis you have built up in your cash value, which is your own money that you use to build that cash value up to begin with, is tax-free. Everything else on top of that would be taxable. So if you bought permanent life insurance thinking that you're going to have tax-free money to be able to withdraw out of that cash value for the remainder of your life, chances are that's not the case. You'll usually have some sort of taxable gain that's part of that cash value that you're eventually most likely going to have to pay taxes on at some point in your life. So which one is most appropriate? We have term insurance, again, that lasts for a specific term, and we have permanent insurance that is supposed to last for the remainder of your life. First, before we jump into this, I want to make sure everybody knows that Everybody's situation is different. Permanent insurance is great if it's sold to the right person who could really use all the benefits it offers. Same thing goes for term life insurance. You shouldn't take any single statement as a blank piece of advice for you. However, I'm going to outline a few situations that could help you identify which type of insurance might suit you best based off of the two types of different financial situations pharmacists have encountered that I have worked with. So let's just say you're a pharmacist with a young family that depends on your ability to go to work every day and earn an income. You're currently trying to do your best to pay down your student loans. You're almost done with that. You're contributing um, toward your retirement accounts, but you're not maxing them out. And when I say retirement accounts, let's pretend it's a 401k and you are definitely certain that having life insurance now is appropriate, but you can't really be certain that having life insurance for the rest of your life is actually in your best interest because the way your financial plan is set up now, you have the means or you anticipate having the means later on in life to be able to self-insure that risk of you dying, especially knowing that risk gets smaller and smaller as you age, as your debts get paid down, and as your kids get older and become adults themselves. If you find yourself in this situation, term life insurance is probably something you're going to want to consider because you are going to need to purchase a lot if you have a young family with debt in order to make sure that your risk is covered of you dying too early and putting your young family on the hook of trying to replace your income for the rest of their life. And... If you're not certain you're going to need the life insurance for the remainder of your life and maybe just for a specific period of time, term is perfect for that situation. The last thing is if you find yourself paying off any sort of debts like student loans and you find yourself not maxing out contributions to retirement accounts right now because you just don't have the cash flow 
in order to do that currently, term is a great option. Let's look at another situation where you have a large surplus of excess cash flow every two weeks or every month after you've maxed out your employer retirement plans and IRA. So you're maxing out your 401k, you're putting as much money as you possibly can there. You're also filling up every IRA bucket you can and maxing out those benefits. And you're still looking for some sort of tax relief. You're looking to increase your investment allocation maybe into a safer vehicle than what the stock market could provide right now but with better returns than a bank account. And you anticipate you're going to want life insurance for the remainder of your life for maybe some sort of tax planning or estate planning purposes. This is where I think permanent life insurance is the way to go. Again, permanent life insurance would be a great option for some of that excess cash flow if you're looking for additional ways to save tax efficiently for um, some sort of event down the road, which most likely could be retirement because you don't have any more room left to contribute to those retirement accounts or IRAs. And you're looking for a safer investment allocation to align with your other investment accounts instead of just building up more money in a bank account that's not paying a lot of interest. That cash value account in permanent life insurance could serve a great way for doing that. And then knowing you're going to need life insurance for the remainder of your life, regardless of how old you get, permanent insurance, obviously, like we talked about before, is perfect for that because it does not have a set term as long as you make the premium payments. That insurance will be around for the remainder of your life. So I know those are two pretty simplistic case studies as far as what type of life insurance people may need. I will tell you right now, term insurance is usually the most common and correct option for people to pursue. But your life insurance needs deserve due diligence. And if you find yourself checking a lot of the boxes that permanent life insurance can check, don't let the negative image of permanent life insurance dissuade you from making that decision if it's what's appropriate for you and your family. So I know life insurance comes in many forms. It can be tough to determine what works best for you. It only makes it more challenging when you know the insurance agent offering the life insurance may have a conflict of interest hanging over that decision as well. But regardless of the challenges, making sure that a need for life insurance is covered is absolutely crucial for your financial health. So you owe it to yourself to be diligent with that decision. If you're looking for more information about the podcast, myself or FarmDFP, feel free to visit the website at farmdfp.com. Also, feel free to check out and subscribe to the YouTube channel, FarmD Financial Planning, for more great insight. Email podcast at farmdfp.com with questions, topics, or ideas you'd like to hear more about. Finally, until next time, FarmD Nation, be well. The FarmD Money Podcast is not intended to be tax, legal, or investment advice. All opinions expressed on the show are for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for tax, legal, or investment advice.